0: Good, I just, um, just want to pray, just a sense of, the Lord's here, the Lord's here, I don't know how you're feeling, what you're processing, what's going on in your head, your heart, your mind. But the Lord is here. Because he's with his people. And he loves to meet with us. And he loves to speak to us. And he loves to build us and strengthen us and encourage us. He loves it when we gather to his name. Loves it when we worship. Holy Spirit, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Thank you for that great truth that we're reminded of again. I'm sending you the promised Holy Spirit. He will lead you into truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. So Holy Spirit, we say, lead us again to Jesus. Lead us to the Father. Show us the Father. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us. We just give you this time right now in Jesus' name. Help us. Give us ears to hear, hearts to respond. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we, uh, we're in this Regions Beyond month of focusing on gospel advance and. Uh, Steve and the global team, of which a whole number of them uh, you saw there, and uh, th- this is their. It's great just to say, sometimes you look at a picture like this and you think, oh, who are those people? I don't really know them. But some of these are personal friends, so we know this young man in the corner here, don't we? You do know this young man. You hear his name often. This is Marungwa. This is Donna's adopted son, uh, her right-hand man, really, uh, he's really planting the church. He's right at the real focus at the moment of some major challenges they've got in the church and the work there in terms of a team, team member who's turned against them very, very severely. He's married to Geed, spelt guide in our, in our words, but Geed, uh, and she's expecting a baby in November. Okay, so that's someone that we know personally. I was in another church, just recently I got invited to speak at another one of our church plants and I showed this picture and a lady shouted out, That's my mum! <laughs> and this is Floor, Floor Evans down here with the microphone. Uh, and in fact, her name is also Floor. Her mum and dad are Floor and John. They had two children. They named their children Flora and John. So uh, it is a bit tricky to know. This man here is a dear friend of mine. He's a cowboy, the man in the orange top. He normally wears a Stetson. He's a fide cowboy, okay, from Montana. He also is a pastor of the church. And so we could go on. These are personal friends. They're not just stock photos. And, of course, some of you will recognize Daniel McLeod, leading the church in London, profound young theological Bible teacher. If you ever get to hear Daniel, go online, go to Trinity London, listen to anything he says. It's worth listening to. Uh, young guy, God is really uh, raising up among us. So, these are people that are personal friends. This man's from South Africa. Uh, that lady, I think, is from Malaysia. Some I know their names, some I know their faces. But we're in this uh, together. So, last week, Steve, we had that uh, video from Steve, spoke on apostolic partnership. And uh, it was so good. And I've put the link on the weekly news. So, please do have a look at that. But this whole thing about being apostolic, is that we're, we're not on our own, we're in relationship. But this phrase, I was thinking about gospel advance, and it brings to mind momentum. Okay? Momentum is about movement forward. It's a core principle, I keep reminding us. It's a core principle in the kingdom of God, which is growth and increase. Growth and increase. We're expected to, things are expected to grow. Expected to move forward. We expect people to be saved and to be added. And and so when they're not, we want to ask why. And we're thinking about that because we can have an anticipation and an expectation that the kingdom will grow, that people will be saved. For new churches to be planted, we heard that. And it's amazing to hear some of the stories that are going on. For people to be sent and people to be received. And In the list of subjects that we were offered to consider over these weeks, part of that growth and increase involves the raising and releasing of sons and daughters. God, at his very essence, is Father. Uh, And his plan and commission, right from the very start in Genesis chapter 1, was go forth and multiply, increase. That was right there, Genesis 1. Go forth, multiply and increase. Make babies, have families. Fathers and mothers having sons and daughters who in turn have sons and daughters of their own so that the whole of the earth would be filled with families who love God, love each other and fulfilling God's plan and God's commission as they go forth. Now, I just want to say here, right now, I'm very mindful that, for some, even that kind of phrase may be painful to hear, because you haven't or can't conceive uh, physical children. And I genuinely don't want to be ignorant or dismissive of the pain that that can cause. But at the same time, I also do believe that there is a kingdom mandate on all of us to grow and to multiply. And a key part of that is raising and releasing sons and daughters. What I believe is that every one of us can have a part to play in this that is beyond just physical procreation interesting to note, it's worth noting that the heading, the title that was offered to us to consider was not Raising and Releasing Leaders, okay? Now, don't mishear me. Uh, I believe, we believe in leaders. The Apostle Paul specifically mentions leadership as a spiritual gift in Romans chapter 12 and verse 8. The thing about leadership as a word is, is it can be quite limiting or quite narrow in our minds sometimes, can't it? Oh, she's a leader, but I'm not. Oh, he leads, but I don't. But in using the phrase of raising and releasing sons and daughters, I believe we're looking at something that is much broader, much wider. Something is about all of us. The key to this, I believe, is to recognize that in the Christian life and walk, it is often, some might even say, best depicted when we use the word family. Family. This is not a business, it's not an organization, it's not even a club. It's a family, it's a family of mothers. Fathers of children, grandparents, uncles, and aunts, single, married, young, old. And it starts at the very heart of God, our Father. We're often reminded, aren't we, that the very first words that Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, our Father. The Apostle Paul quotes from 2 Samuel. Where God himself says, I will be a father to you. You will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. That's in 2 Corinthians, but he's quoting from 2 Samuel. I will be a father. You will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now we know that when sin entered the world, it brought about a broken relationship. Firstly, between God and God. And his creation, Adam and Eve. But also between Adam and Eve themselves, immediately blame enters. She did this and he did that. There is this brokenness immediately between Adam and Eve. And then between their sons, Cain and Abel. But the father is still committed to working his purposes and his commission out through the families of the earth. He shows that clearly when uh, he saves Noah and his whole family at the time of the flood. Again, when the world rebelled at the Tower of Babel, he calls a man named Abraham. or Abraham at the time, and then renamed, of course, promised him and his wife a family. And uh, Ashley's going to pick up a bit more on that promise in a couple of weeks' time. But more than that, he said, I will bless you. And through your seed, your offspring, all the families on the earth will be blessed. It continues on to Isaac and Jacob and Jacob's 12 sons, including, of course, Joseph. All the blessing that came through Joseph as God used him to bless and reunite first his own family, And then, of course, many other families, even of an alien nation in that sense. He brought blessing to families. So raising and releasing sons and daughters is at the very heart of God. And the context is family. Daughters need fathers and mothers. Sons need fathers and mothers. Now again... Recognize the reality that sometimes one or other of those of our physical birth parents are not there for us. That again can be very painful. But as followers of Jesus and as members of the family of God, we all have a part to play, both as fathers and mothers and as sons and daughters. That's why. When you're absent, there is a gap that only you can fill. That's why uh, we are to come together as the body body of Christ. We, We need you. We need one another. I need you. You need me. We need all ages. We need one another. That's why I want to encourage you to say to your friends and those who are part of the church, come, come, let's go together. Let's encourage each other. Let's make it a priority to come together and to be family together. Now, two examples of this mother-daughter, father-son relationship came immediately to my mind. And interestingly, both of them are not biological relationships. So that's good news, okay? So we can be fathers and mothers to one another. We can also be children to one another. Kind of come into that in a moment. But the two that came immediately to my mind Ruth and Naomi and Paul and Timothy. In the book of Ruth, we find the story of Naomi and her two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. And they'd been married to two of her sons, but her sons had died. And so Naomi says, look, I'm an old woman, I can't give you a son. And even if I could give you a son, you'd have to wait years for him To grow up so I want to encourage you to go back home to your maternal mothers eventually after much persuasion Orpah does leave but Ruth refuses God's hand is on this relationship in an amazing way and she makes of course the very famous statement Ruth chapter 1 verse 16 don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. An amazing bond between these two women she hadn't given birth to her, and yet there is this mother-daughter relationship. No physical uh, connection. In fact, a Jew and a Gentile. Uh, Ruth is a is, a, uh, is a, Moab, a, a Gentile. And yet, in the purposes of God, a spiritual mother and daughter are brought together. And of course, Ruth becomes the great great, great, I don't know how many greats, grandmother of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then, of course, there's the very well-documented link between the Apostle Paul and the young man, Timothy. We know that Timothy wasn't Paul's physical son, fact there's been debate over many centuries as to whether Paul was or had been married that's for another conversation but nevertheless there is such a sense of father-son relationship that Paul is able to write to the believers at Philippi and say this you know Timothy's proven worth how as a son with a father he served with me in the gospel Philippians chapter 2 To the Corinthians, he writes, he says, For this reason I've sent you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who's faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. I want to come back to that verse in just a minute. In his first letter to Timothy himself, he writes, To Timothy, my true son in the faith. In his second letter, he writes to him, Timothy, my dear son. But it wasn't just Timothy. writes to Titus and he says, Titus, my true son in our common faith. I believe Paul understood what was in God's heart in, in raising and releasing. He even displays it while in prison. He writes to a man called Philemon who has a runaway slave and Paul has met his runaway slave in prison. His name is Onesimus. It's a great little book. It's only one page. Okay, but you can look it up. Philemon, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus who became uh, my son while I was in chains. So even there, he's not immediately thinking about his circumstances. Who has the Lord placed alongside me in this prison cell with my chains? Sharing the gospel, seeing this, potentially younger slave who's run away and he's writing back to Philemon and saying, he's going to be useful to you. Receive him. I believe we can be very clear that gospel advance definitely involves raising and releasing sons and daughters. It's certainly a key value in our family of churches. Now this is where I'd like to get a little bit more practical and personal. Is that okay? Are you all right with that? So I'm waiting for somebody to nod. For. <laughs> As I started to dig into it, I saw this title. I thought, oh, I'd love to speak on that. And then I sat down and started, and I thought, oh, my goodness. <laughs> there's so many things one could talk about. And there's so many ways. And I just really, really prayed. I always prayed about what I speak on. But I just said, Lord, show me. What is it that you, you want me to bring today? And uh, I just want to get into one or two uh, practical things. Um, Dave, I just want to ask you a question. Is it all right to mention about your son? And what's, Is that okay? Um, I might do that in a minute. Um, So, what I did was, for a minute, I sat back and I asked myself the question, what are the words, the phrases that I would use when thinking about raising and releasing sons and daughters? And these are some of the things that I wrote down. Security. Love. Trust. Honesty. Openness communication, giving space and room to grow, giving genuine opportunities to make decisions, to make mistakes, and not to be crushed and condemned for it, being ready to be honest, be real with them, but always pointing out many more good things than those that need correction. Now, quite honestly, each of those could be a seminar. (laughs) We could really dig in to all of those. I was thinking about the important truth that fathers and mothers need to take risks with their children. Because one of the primary ways that their children will grow is when they're given room and space to grow. My experience, I guess, over many, many years and working with people, with families and children, is that times, if you do hold them in, if you do contain them, they're going to break out anyway. <laughs> the challenge is, is if you hold them in and contain them and there isn't a trust and relationship built, they'll break out secretly and you won't know where they are and what they're doing. But it's about building that relationship, isn't it? Now, when you're the parents of three daughters, like we are, that can be quite hard at times. But letting go is key. We used to say to our daughters, look, we actually, you'd be surprised, we'll probably let you go to far more places and do far more things than you think we would as long as you are honest with us. As long as there is a trust as long as you tell us where you are and what you're doing, you can pretty much go anywhere so that we know and we've got that relationship. And that's how we used to talk to the girls. Now, that was challenging. One of us did better at sleeping while they were out than the other one. But uh, I'll let you decide which one used to stay awake. But we, one of the things we used to say was, you can always call us. We have a famous story in our family that we rehearse. From time to time. My eldest daughter was great. She was really good at having a number of friends and she was a committed Christian and in her own way she would witness to her friends. But she, her friends were a, 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 an interesting group um, and uh, she said she wanted to go um, up to their house. Their mum and dad were in old language, were more like hippies I suppose. They certainly had that kind of style and there was a party. Uh, they had a small holding. It was a bit like a farm. Anyway... The phone rang. Lauren was w- with her friends at this end. Dad, I just wanted to chat to you. OK. She said, uh, some people here are smoking. I said, OK. Said, but there's a funny smell here, Dad. <laughs> she said, I-, I think I know what it is. I said, right. Inside, I'm not reacting. Inside, I'm reacting. Outside, I'm not reacting. Right. Because we've got this trust, this relationship. And I said to her, do you want me to come and get you? I'm ready to drop off a hat, go and get her. Do you want me to come and get you? She said, no, I just wanted to talk to you. Just wanted you to know where I'm at. I said, you okay? Yeah. Do you feel safe? Yeah, you know, it's fine. Just wanted to talk. Okay. However, another time, she was on a sort of a gap year kind of thing. I can't remember the exact date, doesn't matter. She'd come home, she'd been with us, and then on the Sunday she caught a train. It's a Sunday train. Sunday trains, if you do trains, are always a bit tricky. Anyway, uh, unbeknown to her, she got out in the middle of the back of nowhere, halfway to Tunbridge Wells from Swindon, um, and it terminated at a station in the middle of nowhere, and there was no more trains. And I got a phone call. I got a phone call from her. Uh, Dad, the train has terminated. Are you okay? She said, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I said, look, sit at the station. I'll come and get you. Immediately got in the car, drove from Swindon to wherever it was, in the middle of Sussex or somewhere, picked her up and took her on to Tunbridge Wells. However, it's not always the case, this this relationship and this dynamic I don't know if this is pressing some buttons. I just felt prompted. I had a really uh, good relationship with my dad, uh, very supportive, very encouraging, helped me to learn all sorts of things in different ways. But on this particular occasion, there was a lesson that I had to learn. I, uh, when I was 16, I got myself a 50cc moped and went everywhere on it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I used to get 60 mile an hour out of it down a hill. You'd never do. You'd never do. You'd never do that in a moped now. Anyway, I went everywhere on it. Anyway, this particular occasion, I'd been to the youth group. And, uh, and uh, at the end of youth group, I decided to offer one of my friends a lift home to a farm. Out in the back of beyond, he was in a farm uh, where he lived. Now, it was actually illegal um, to be two up on a moped with L plates. Uh, but I justified it. I was being kind to my friend and taking him home. But the truth is, we also just want to have a bit of fun. And uh, anyway, I dropped him off at the farm. So there I'm going down these little tiny back lanes in the the back of Hampshire, outside of Olsford, near Winchester. And I ran out of petrol. Uh, And so this was a big old... Mopeds then were big and heavy. And so I'm pushing it along the country lanes until I found a phone box. Now, those of you who need to know, a phone box is a red box where there is a phone in it um, and you can pick it up and if you don't have any money, you can press a button and you can reverse the charges. So what you do is you ring, the, the person says hello and you say, oh please can you ring Winchester such and such and such, which is my dad's number. And then you'll hear a voice the other end, you hear my dad's voice, hello, uh, is that Mr. Thornyk, yes Mr. Thornyk, oh your son would like to reverse the charges. And you'd hear my dad go, yeah, okay. All right. Imagine doing that. right? I said, are you okay? I said, yeah. I said, I've run out of petrol. He said, well, how did you do that? I said, well, I took Clinton uh, back, back, to his, back to his farm. He said, well, you'll have to push it, won't you? And put the phone down. And put the phone down. <laughs> and uh, yes, thank you, Abby. Um, <laughs> and I had to push it and push it up these hills, managed to coast it downhill. It was back in the days that it had pedals either side of it, and so I used to bash my shins and all this stuff. I don't know what time in the middle of the night I got home, and I pushed it home. We must not play so safe that we fail to entrust others with responsibility. Important element of entrusting others with responsibility is the risk of Failure. But it's also the place to learn and grow. You see, if I don't risk the the risk of failure, I'm going to finish up doing it all myself, which can be exhausting. But it's also denying others the opportunity to be released and to grow. Time and time again as a young teenager, then in my 20s and then in my 30s, different leaders took risks with me and it was big ones at times even as I came up to the age of 40 I was on the eldership team of Swindon Family Church as it was called at the time we'd planted one of the leaders out to Gloucester another one was just coming into retirement Um, and then the lead elder of the church at the time announced he was planting a church into Bath and I was the only one left and I remember talking to one of the senior father-type leaders uh, over us at the time who, we would, who was helping us and talking to him about, uh, about the situation. And he said, well, I don't know if you can do it, but you better have a go. <laughs> you better have a go. Now I talked to him about it afterwards. And he said, it was really because I didn't really know you. But I thought, well, you better have a go. But he, he took a risk. Did I make mistakes? Yes, I did. Did I learn from those mistakes by God's grace? Yes, I did. But I would not be the person I am today if there had not been men like him and members of the church who trusted me to have a go. Now, this is going to sound strange, but I believe we are all called to be fathers and mothers, but we're also called to be sons and and daughters. Now let me explain. I want to highlight that phrase that I already mentioned, which Paul uses, which I believe is a, a key element into all this. 1 Corinthians four seventeen. He says, "'For this reason I sent to you Timothy my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in the church.'" Timothy, my son, he calls him, has been with me. He's watched me and he's learned my ways. And he will come and he'll tell you about them and he'll remind you of them. But as ever, I want you to notice the verses that come before that. See, he'd had to write to them some very challenging things, very challenging things. And then he says, 1 Corinthians 4 4 verse 14, I'm writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate God me. That's why I'm sending you Timothy, my son. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with everything I teach everywhere in the church. Friends, I'm going to say it again. I believe it's so important in our day and age, as much as it's ever been. Daughters need fathers and mothers. Sons need fathers and mothers. But this is not just about the young people in our church. We give thanks for those that are here. But it's also about young believers. Whatever their physical age, who are they going to look to? Who are they going to learn from? Who are they going to imitate? You. You. Dave and Julie have been sharing. but Dave's been sharing a bit. He's been praying much about his sons. And uh, one of the things that his sons have found hard is his Christian faith and the change that's going on in his life. But what's been such a thrill, and I know you've been sharing with Ashley about this, is that they can't deny that something is different. Now, you're a work in progress. We all are. But whereas they would have harangued and harassed you, really, about your Christian faith, suddenly, a week or so ago, you find yourself in a conversation a three-hour conversation about God and about a higher power that you've never had ever before with your son. It's true, isn't it? And as I hear it, there's further conversations going on, this time over at WhatsApp with with Ashley. (laughs) And Jonas. And... yeah. 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 Would you talk to my son direct? <laughs> yeah. Isn't this good? I mean, can you feel? Can you hear the buzz? <laughs> talk to these guys. Talk to them about it. Talk to them. He says, I urge you to imitate me. I don't know about you. Do you find that challenging? (laughs) What, What are my own children seeing in me? But what do others in the family of God, what do they see in me? Can we say to others... I urge you to imitate me. Can we say that? Why not, if not? Do you have a Timothy or a Tina who you could send on your behalf to another place? Wasn't that wonderful that Dave was able to connect Nathan up with Ashley and and then also with Jonas, a, a a new believer, but one who's digging into the Word? That we could say, when you get them, you get me. It's been such a joy and a privilege for me for seven years, really, to spend many hours and hours with Ashley. When we first met, all those years ago, I felt God gave me a prayer. And we prayed together. First time I ever met him. And I said, I feel God is taking you into back to school. Yeah. And it, we were praying, and he sort of <laughs> looked at me. But I said, it's not physical school. I said, it's the school of life. And together, we've walked a walk for, for the last seven years. But could you, have you got people that you could send, someone you could send, and you say, when you get them, you get me. Now, please don't feel condemned, but what I'm saying is there's something here that it, it may be an odd way of preaching, and you may not have heard a sermon quite in this style what I, I'm wanting to stir us and think about that we've been called to be fathers and mothers, but also that we've been called to be sons and daughters. They know my ways and how I live for Jesus. They'll be able to tell you about that. You see, I want to say this what a joy it is when we see sons and daughters being raised and released. It's such a joy. Jonas, I just want to tell you hearing you pray today, it's just a thrill. It's just wonderful. I mean, how many weeks ago, how many months ago, you didn't even know the Lord? And here you are in church, and we can feel our spirits being lifted. It's a joy. 3 John, have you read 3 John recently? 3 John, verse 1, the elder to my dear friend Gaius, it's a little letter, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health. You may go well. They all may go well with you just as you're progressing spiritually. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified it about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. It's wonderful. I know one of the things that Steve Oliver, as you saw him there, one of the things he will often talk about, he'll talk about sons in the household. And to see that young man there, Kumbi, some of you won't know Kumbi, but just to see him is a young man who's been raised, Kumbi, and now Kumbi is taking on the church there at Dick Leben so that Steve is being released. But what is even more astonishing for me is to see that young man, Fusi, standing there in Dubai. I knew Fusi before he came to Christ. He was a waiter in one of the restaurants in Clarence, little tiny town. His mother was a believer. Fusi didn't want to know. Didn't want to know. He was a very polite man, but he didn't want to know. And Steve would choose to go to that restaurant on purpose and he would have Fusi as his waiter at the restaurant and he would give him a big tip every time <laughs> uh, so that Fusi would serve him. And he began to witness to him. And I remember Steve saying to me, mark God's hands on that young man's life. And he's had some bumps in the roads, he's going back some years now, but he came to Christ and he gave himself to Christ. He was headhunted by Hertz, the biggest uh, car rental in the whole of southern Africa. They wanted him to be a senior manager in Hertz. And he, sa- he took a decision, he said, no, I'm going to give my life to Christ, I'm going to serve the kingdom. And there he is today in Dubai as a son that's been raised up and released, leading this incredible multicultural church that's going into the nations, raising and releasing sons and daughters. I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in the truth. The father is looking for godly mothers and fathers who will raise and release spiritual sons and daughters. The gospel advance that we've been called to will involve, indeed, require many daughters and sons to be raised and released. But that's not the role of someone else. That's the role of each one of of us. As I come towards a close, I just want to swing it for a moment round the other way and say that whatever our physical age, we are also all sons and daughters. We are all children in the family of God. I want to say this, every believer is called to grow up. We don't stay as small children. We grow. Well, we should. If you were here two or three weeks ago, Ashley was speaking on that wonderful subject of eldership. He did so well with that. But he he talked about You don't expect a 50-year-old to be walking and talking and acting like a 5-year-old. That's a challenge. If it's a challenge to you, you can take that and work that one through. However, we should not stop being sons and daughters. Those who are willing to learn, willing to grow. We should expect to keep growing. Whatever our age, we should always grow all of our lives. In fact, we should be willing to ask, am I growing and where? Where am I growing? How am I growing? If I'm not growing, ask the question, why? Why am I not growing? What's the new revelation that I've had recently? What's the area that I'm working on in my life at the moment? Friends, don't let this be one of those moments where you say, oh, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this preached today. Start with yourself. Start with yourself. Ask yourself the question before anyone else. Am I growing? Where? How? If I'm not, why not? Although it's great to have fathers and mothers and teachers and leaders around us, I want to just say this, we can't blame the lack of them if we are not growing. Because if we do, the Holy Spirit will take us straight to Hebrews chapter 5, which says, verse 12, The fact is, though, that by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk still being an infant is not acquainting with the teaching about righteousness. Solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good for evil so i want to encourage you don't ever say well i've not had one of those fathers mark i've not had one of those mothers okay i hear that but you have god's word and you have the holy spirit who will lead you into truth and you've been adopted into a family so dig in dig in play your part get involved At the same time, look for where you can also be a blessing. Who can you be a blessing to? Who can you come alongside and build and strengthen and encourage? I want to finish with one last phrase. One thing I want to mention. Character before gifting. A person's character is much more important than their gifting or ability. You can have a very, very gifted and able person, but if they're not willing to let God shape their character, then they may not be ready for leadership of any kind or ever make a good leader or a good child. I would far rather work with a so-called less gifted person although I hate that phrase, but one who is open to be changed and shaped and formed by God, than someone who has a great gift and a great ability, but they won't take guidance and they won't take input and they're inflexible and rigid. And I invite you to stand. As we finish, two little verses I just want to highlight to you. Ephesians chapter one, just rec- uh, chapter five, verse one. Ephesians five, verse one. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. One John two. 28. Now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Thank you, Lord God, that you are our Father. Thank you for the display. And as Jesus said, he who's seen me has seen the Father. We thank you for this model. We thank you for the example of your sacrifice, your servanthood. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the many fathers and mothers here. I thank you for the blessing that they've been to me. And I thank you for the blessing they are to one another. Lord, we come to you today. We pray that you'd strengthen us. We pray for your wisdom. We ask you for your grace. Help us to grow in this area. Lord, I pray that this would be a place where many sons and daughters are raised and released, where they're given space and time to grow, to blossom. Lord, I pray that you'd help each one of us to be a blessing to each other, to call out the good in each other, to trust each other, to encourage each other to pick up the ball from each other and to run with it together Lord this is a huge subject just pray where buttons have been pressed today different things for different ones of us speak to us Lord give us hearts to hear and and hearts to respond We thank you, Lord, that you love to bless us. Thank you that you're promised, I will build my church. Thank you you've placed us into this family. Help us to be mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, towards one another, because we ask it in your precious name. Amen. Amen. So we have two children to be collected next door. And yeah, um, Dave would like the mic, so just give us your attention a minute. Thanks, John. I just wanted to say, I feel that was such an important word for us in the apex, about how we grow as a family, relevant both in our natural earthly families and our spiritual families here in the apex. Um, I just felt Mark put that across so brilliantly. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people missing. If you see someone who wasn't here this morning, encourage them to catch that message i'm sure it will be recorded it's been filmed so catch it online if 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 you find anyone speak to anyone that wasn't here this morning encourage them to to catch up online because i felt that was such a, a crucial word for us all thanks mark yeah